Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome. It was recording. Uh, welcome to the Shoes with Biscuit podcast. Um, I'm your host, Alex Whiteley. And joining me today for a recap is, uh, is Michelle from Peg Support. How's it going, Michelle? You okay? Hi, how are you? I'm very well. Thanks, thanks for having us again. Oh, no, it's always great to talk to you. Um, I've always got a lot of time for you. Uh, for, we, you know, we said last time we would we'd make sure we'd, we'd check in with you and see how things are going. Um, and so, yeah, how have you been? You've been good? Yeah, we're all, we're all good. Incredibly busy, which is positive, but I look at it as it's really sad. Um, yeah. Because. Yeah, I mean, like. We, there's a lot of families out there that are struggling. Uh, your ears were probably burning yesterday. I had Dean Harris, uh, the, the high sheriff in the studio yesterday, and we we're talking about the great work that you're doing and actually how oh, um, she's, she's amazing. I love that woman. I was saying to her, to her face, I was like, I love you. <laughs> I think you're great. She's a hard she's worker. A, she's, she is. She's, you know what? She's, she's a little powerhouse. I love Dean. Um, yeah. yeah no she's brilliant she she encourages me supports us and she's really approachable and she's all about community connection which is what I'm we're about as an organization we think that you know we shouldn't really be working in a silo and we should all be promoting each other's service and because no one can do one everything you know and it's about okay let's look yeah. at who's the best support for that person that family and also for the professionals because we want to support professionals that effectively support the families as as well you know but no Jean's fab yeah. and she's Welsh so you know gets a little little extra tick from me <laughs> she was talking about her duties uh, her old duty if she was like uh, an old timey sheriff she would be like I'd be, I'd be making sure you know uh, the borders are controlled you know and I'm Welsh yeah, <laughs> well, I know <laughs> it's, yeah no she, sure she is done. fab yeah. she is and she's been um, a massive advocate in terms for us but also in promoting we've had a lot of opportunity because of Dean she's signposted us to other services and individuals she's facilitated the opportunity for us to go and train magistrates in Shropshire well actually the Midlands to be fair plus introduced to so many wonderful services that I ignorantly didn't even know existed in our area you know so it's been brilliant to be able to have that connection she's fab on the, on the strength of our conversation yesterday, I'm speaking to like three different people about three different things and, and ways that we can help the show. And I was like, yeah. wow, you know, it's, yeah. yeah. So I'm really grateful. Um, I, I, we were talking a bit last time about um, kind of communication between services in, in Shropshire where, where it comes to um, uh, support. Um, and has there been any sort of progress with putting some sort of infrastructure in place where, pe- where, where, where you know, um, authorities can communicate with each other because that seems to be the biggest problem doesn't it you know it seems to be yeah I think it's difficult isn't it because services will say yes they do communicate um the families that we work with are saying they don't feel as though enough communication is actually going on and people are still working in silo um and also actually this is quite a good point so we've worked with quite a lot of parents recently that are saying they're having to relive their experiences because professionals are asking questions about what's going on for that family that individual but they may have already told their story their experience mm. numerous times to previous to previous um colleagues or services that may be open to the family so parents are becoming re-traumatized because you're reliving that trauma and then from that the questions that are being asked maybe are not being asked in the most sensitive of ways um, or there's assumption made or unintentionally I'd like to think unintentionally there's victim blaming language still occurring yeah. the parents are being questioned about for example if somebody's stayed in a domestically abusive relationship but perhaps their child is displaying similar behaviors at the moment 
the blame's almost put on the parent for saying, and that's not effective. It's not helpful. That is victim mm. blaming. It's re-traumatizing. It's secondary victimization. It has to stop. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of work still to be done. Um, I think we can always improve and I think we can always improve practice and language and myself and our service included in that we never stop learning what I think the difficulty is is that everybody wants someone to fit a criteria or tick box in order to make that help and support and then adding to that everybody becomes secretive around who we're working with and why and then when serious incidents happen or occurs or there's an escalation that may be involved need to involve statutory service or statutory service at a higher level everyone's like oh well I knew that six months ago mm, didn't really tell us so it's about actually at that point potentially that incident may not have occurred because we could have looked at okay, okay? that's on going my little boy was um, doing a handstand right. and so I'm pull. just checking you're all right I was like Ooh, I sorry he's doing a handstand right opposite the glass table no please okay sorry about that <laughs> don't be sorry don't be sorry at all but like you know if, if we share that information that's appropriate and we don't re-traumatize these families and we keep constantly because it must be a purpose you must be asking those questions for a purpose um you must also check that the person is given consent to talk about that area of their life or what's going on for them and also checking in with them afterwards to make sure that they're okay it's not really happening yeah and people, people are becoming really really effective by this but if services were to suddenly become more effective in the communication and information sharing then potentially there may not be an increase into further statutory services because we could have looked at intervention earlier um i, I don't the, know what the answer is i, I think the, the main word you picked up there a number of times is language you know finding the right language because when it comes to domestic abuse there seems to be a few things, a few old-fashioned ways of thinking, like, no, 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 no. There's no way your, your tiny little wife could have abused a big guy like you. Or there's no way a, a tiny, cute little 13-year-old could cause you so much trouble. There must be something you're doing wrong, you know? And that, that, I've seen that. I've seen it before, you know? Um, I think we need to, like, what you're doing now is, is like, uh, you know, training magistrates around the Midlands is perfect because that is that is starting from the top right and then it hopefully it'll come down yeah i mean the, the difficulty is alex to be quite honest with you it's that when we say the word abuse everyone has their own view of what abuse looks like and when we talk so we've come under fire um this week to be honest quite a lot of uh, individuals and services have asked us they struggle with the fact that we use abuse when we say that we support parents who are living with abusive children or children displaying abusive behaviors actually and we're asked quite often to explain ourselves. But the fact remains that behaviour is abusive. We're not trying to tick box anybody. And we understand that for some families where perhaps a child or individual may have additional needs, those needs must be met. But that doesn't mean that the behaviour that the family members are experiencing isn't abusive. And we have to be clear here. I mean, I'm not suggesting for one second that everybody has to be comfortable with the language that we choose to use at PEGS. I'm not. And I'm fully... Um, I'll fully take anyone's view on, on board and I do and I think that's really good practice that we have these discussions but for us if someone can explain to me how we'll take a 15 year old here perhaps that 15 year old is being very verbally aggressive is using really insulting humiliating language is escalating to perhaps trashing the house punching holes in walls doors mm. is smashing parents property 
how is that not abusive language if tomorrow they were 16 and under the domestic abuse banner and the legislation that is what that is yeah it's it's important that we tackle these issues i mean you can't just ignore them because like yeah. you know that we we explained this on the last show um that you know if you don't if you if you normalize that behavior for a 15 year old they'll carry on doing that through life and next thing you know they've they've abused somebody else and somebody else and next thing you know they i don't know you've got to i mean i've been speaking to i am going to be speaking to a guy who is trying to um trying to install sort of peacekeeping skills and oh, speaking to phil yeah, well, yeah, I've just, yeah. So I know Phil. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but his name rings a bell. I've, I've, I've Dr. It. Phil Gritton, I think you're talking about, top of my head. I'll have to go and check. So uh, I know Phil. I can Gittins. put you in touch with Phil. Gittins, there we yeah, go. Phil be fuming with me. I, I met Phil last week again. I know Phil. I've known Phil for a, few, a while now. Mm. Um, yeah, we're hoping to do work together in the future. I, I I think it's an amazing idea because like you start kids teaching kids young that it's okay it's good to be decent you know it's it's like you know when you when you're using slurs and 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 bullying and things like that, it's actually bad you know and if we could try and find a positive way of kind of instill that in people I think that's important because it, like like what you're talking about now you know uh, thinking that smashing a TV or calling your mom the C word is normal. That's just what kids do is not the right way to solve the problem. You've got to, you, you, this kid's got to be sat down and explained to you that that's wrong. You cannot do that. And that is not going to be acceptable in society. But yeah, at the moment, especially when it comes to social media, I have to say these kind of behaviors are being normalized and it's dangerous, dangerous. And it, it increases every week. I see it all the time. It's terrible. Yeah, I mean, we're back to that outside influence again, aren't we? You know, I must be very clear here. We're not saying that we don't understand that every behaviour that's displayed from a child usually is trying to tell us yeah, something. We do, under, we do understand that. We're yeah. not saying that. What we're talking about, and I think this is where the confusion's coming actually with our service, Alex, because I think everybody seems to think, oh, we'll just send all the families here. But we <laughs> work, which is fine. We'll talk to anybody. We're not a magic wand and we're not saying we're right for everyone. We know that, okay? And we're, we're open about that. But we want to give that parent that space. Anyhow, what we're saying is we do work with families that have got very high level of risk of behaviour going on in, that, in their homes. Um, and they're not meeting criteria for statutory service support because they're saying that parents are safeguarding the child, but what? So, with the framework needs to change, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's not changing. So every time it doesn't change for that family that is at crisis point already, they're feeling failed. They're not being heard. They're not being listened to, and they're sent on a blinking parenting program. But we would not send. And I keep going on about this, but it's true. We would not send a victim of intimate partner domestic abuse on a program on how to be a better partner. So we need to really be looking at, is that actually what we need to be doing? Because the parents that come to us, the parents that are coming for support, they have done everything they can think of before they've gone to you. So when you then go for support and ask for help, you're already at a crisis point, a breaking point, third your family breakdown, and you're at a loss. You already feel shame, blame, and guilt yourself. And we often feel those things just for being a parent without added extra. But when you go to for a support service, and you're told you don't meet this criteria, you don't meet that criteria, or I'm sorry to hear that you're displaying, that this is going on for you, the child's displaying that behaviour, come back to us if things escalate, because maybe you need to look at you and how you respond, and it just goes on and on and on, and that is victim blaming. Not it problem is, it solving, is. is it? And I think, I think if there's a common understanding of, of, of like, you know, 
like you said, it's a last resort to be like, I can't do this anymore. I can't cope. But for a parent, that's difficult. That's difficult to hold your hands yeah. up and say, I can't do this anymore. Um, so if we have that common understanding that maybe there's a problem that we can solve, you know, for everybody, not just like, oh, maybe you're doing something wrong. That is that is the way forward, obviously. Um, yeah, I like that. And so. <laughs> It's, it's just so hard, isn't it? I mean, we're not... So we've been asked, actually, do we want the domestic abuse forward? No, we don't. We're not saying that. What we're saying is for families that are living in extreme violence and abusive situations, that there needs to be ownership to statutory services to step up and actually support. Now, I know out there there's going to be people going, we already do this, we've got early help, we've got this, we've got that. The amount of families that cannot even get early help support is ridiculous. And then if they have got early help support, they're often being... Um, the, it's being closed or, or discharged however you, want to, however you want to define it circle constantly and these parents just they don't know what to do until something serious happens and the reality is people die yeah and that, that, that's the reality there is a facebook group just ruining my feed stop texting each other <laughs> sorry it's all right no it's fine um, um but they do you know, children there has been serious case reviews because a young person has killed their mum there has we are seeing and also i need to be clear here we don't just support um parents with children under the age of 18 we are supporting a high percentage of parents where their child is over 18 and they don't even live at home with that parent anymore. And being you, abused. It shouldn't be that we get to the point where someone's life has ended. You've got to look at quality of life as well. You know, if mom and dad or mom and whatever can't live a quality life because they're scared of being abused, it needs to be dealt with. It needs, there needs to be a lifeline for them. Yeah. Exactly. And the thing is, the, the families that we're working with, more often than not, they're going to bed fearing tomorrow and not even recovering today and they go to bed i'm not even sleeping sleep some parents are not even sleeping because they their child is displaying extreme violent and volatile behaviors for them and is at risk for them to go to sleep either because they're worried for the safety of other children that may be in the home or actually the safety for themselves and that's sad. That's so, really sad. Unless you've experienced, it, it, it's really sad. And do you know what? This is the life of a domestic abuse victim, regardless of however you define victim status. It is when you live in fear and you're constantly worrying about somebody. Sorry, I not dropped one out. person. Don't, Sorry, don't I, I, dropped, I, I dropped out. My internet's playing. I'm like crazy today. Um, <laughs> Does that mean you miss all my little speech then? Probably. Yes, most of it. Well, not most of it. About about but the last sort of couple of uh, couple oh. of uh, yeah. But, You've got to edit this one. Do you have to oh, edit the last one? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got some work to do, but it's fine. I enjoy doing that. I actually enjoy the editing. It's yeah, a bit like you know, uh, those clean freaks that get you know they suck up things with a Hoover and they. Oh, that's <laughs> me with the editing. Yeah, so. Yeah, carry on. <laughs> but no, we've met with we've we've met. Um, no, it's fine. I'm just saying for you know when you're living in that situation, and quite often, services or some people, individuals seem to think that if the person's no longer in your house, you have no contact with them. That actually the fear stopped. It doesn't work like that. No, your no. child is always going to be your child, no matter whatever happens. You know, yeah. and parents parents struggle. They do struggle talking to us. They struggle talking to other people because it's their child and they also feel a little bit of betrayal sometimes because if you can imagine you're talking about your child in perhaps a negative way um 
and they sort of feel that they're betraying their trust and we understand that sometimes you've got to mess up a room before you can clean it though that's the thing isn't it you've got to understand that sometimes you've got to do that horrible thing before you can you can move forward so um since we last spoke to you um you you've had an influx of of um (laughs) i've been rather busy (laughs) been rather busy alex yes um i don't even know where to start we have been incredibly busy so i did a post the other day on um facebook actually so if you want me to i'll just go over it for obviously for any listeners that don't know so since april we have currently supported over 150 families and we've upskilled 100 professionals. We've delivered four parenting programmes. We've had over 100 one-to-one sessions with parents, carers and guardians. We've supported 18 families in meetings. We've met with numerous statutory and third sector services locally and nationally. We've met with Safe Lives, who are a charity of a, of a tier two. So they advise the government on policy and procedure and we're looking at to do um quite a lot of work with them actually we're looking really forward to this we've discussed parents and child parent abuse with dame vera bird the victims commissioner and we also appeared with her on bbc one with victoria derbyshire we've met with jess phillips the shadow minister for domestic abuse we've met with natalie hancock the domestic abuse and sexual violence regional advisor for mid and west wales i've got some update regarding that as well we've formed working partnerships with services locally and nationally we've been in local national and international media including um, the Daily Mail, The Economist magazine, uh, BBC One, Radio Shropshire, yourselves, and there's somewhere else as well, I think I've been. And we've delivered at least 10 wellbeing and virtual drop-in sessions to date. And yet I still have to quote Biscuit before BBC, because, you know, you're on the Biscuit before you're on the BBC, just like most people. But no. <laughs> Yeah, no, but, but we have, we've grown. We, amazing making, work, amazing work. It is work. amazing work. Um, I mean, so Natalie Hancock, um, all these services actually come to us as well, which is really lovely. Uh, also really sad if you think about it, because yeah. no one knows what they're doing. But yeah, so moving forward, we're hoping to work really closely in Wales with Natalie. Um, just to give you a little view, we've got a meeting coming up and that's covering every police force and local authority in the whole of Wales to look at training frontline staff. I can't, I can't say enough how, much, how proud I am of you guys. So and you, I mean... That's pretty big. It's pretty big. It's not just me. I no, I know it's not you. Here, but Sarah's currently on annual leave, bless her, and everyone else is all doing their own thing. So yeah, it's not, it's not just me. Um, West Mercia Police, um, it looks like we're about to hopefully work in partnership with them to some degree, which is really, really positive. I can't wait. And we've been asked to look at training for their staff, uh, frontline workers as well, which is yeah. brilliant. Um, and obviously being able for them then to sign post to us or work in some sort of partnership would be brilliant. So yeah, we're having... Gloucestershire as well another area we work closely with Staffordshire um I've been supporting a family over in Northern Ireland so yeah and we've got quite a lot of um international families now that are also asking for support have you have you I mean I know we can't say anything because of safeguarding but like have you had any success stories since you've started speaking to people anything that's kind of Um, progressed positively so I can tell you that the program that we're running at the moment with parents, um, the majority of them, so there's about 20 parents now on the program, and the majority of them have reported already. So by week five, it's a nine-week program, that they were seeing an increase, uh, sorry, a decrease in um, behaviours and an increase in their own positive well-being, and uh, which is really, really good. We have been able to support parents effectively to work with statutory services which has seen a better outcome for family in general so yeah we have we do have but it's not down to us alex it's down to them 
Absolutely. All we do, and this is what I say to everybody all the time, we give them the tools and the space that they need. And we work differently to most services. So if you ring us, you're normally at one of the first questions after, are you safe? will be how can we best help you because they live in that situation and they're the experts so we look at what actually is it they think they need for their family they know their young person really well they've already done all of these um, strategies and de-escalation techniques so let's look at working with them what they think they need and for some of it we've got an answer some of it we haven't and i'm okay with that um so yeah i mean we're also expanding so september we'll probably have further two support workers we've already got a counsellor on board that currently is funded so our parents can access counselling for free um, and we've got some admin staff now as well so we are we are expanding and also we're going to have volunteers starting which will be brilliant fantastic so, yeah. wow yeah wow. we have grown at an incredible rate not even a year old and look at this look at this growth Weeks. Yeah, I'm just a bit conscious there. I, I'm mindful that we so we don't grow too big too quick. So we've yeah. got a really good structure around us. Um, but our first and foremost will always be our parents and our families because mm. that's why we do this. You've got to be uh, as effective as possible and you can't be if you've got too much on, right? That's you, You're well understanding of that, I guess. Yeah, I am. Yeah. And, and our own well-being <clears throat> and everything as well some of the stuff is really hard hitting so i have to make sure that everybody so all so we've all got access to our to a counselor if you work for us or you volunteer for us because it's important we have proper supervision because it is really upsetting um some of the stories and they're not stories it's just wrong way i'm not using the word story because it's not a book it's somebody's life yeah. someone's experiences can be extremely traumatic um, mm. and yeah, it must be hard it must, mustn't be easy um we all have hard times, Alex, you know, in our jobs, you know, we all, we all have that. And we're doing jobs that sometimes will bring us into trauma. But as long as we're, we're okay and we recognise that, then we're able still to deliver a high level of service to that individual, which is what it's about. I still don't work with children, though. <laughs> <laughs> what's the, what's the, what have you guys learned about yourselves during this, this journey so far? Oh, what an interesting question. Mm. Um, I throw them out sometimes no you throw them out all the time um i don't know to be honest i think we've learned a lot i think we've learned um a lot about lots of things we've learned that you have to be diplomatic maybe because i can be really assertive and sometimes that can cause a bit of an issue <laughs> so i've learned a bit, i've learned to be to be a bit more diplomatic sometimes um but as pegs as a whole i think we've just learned that there's a need mm. yeah i mean like the empathy sort of thing can can really eat at you can't it it really can because yeah. you know i'm the same i you know i i struggle sometimes because i'm kind of like like sometimes like you, you see someone struggling like, oh like i mean i explained to you before i i, I cry at batman films the, the, the same batman film that timmy's watching right now which is quite oh, cool, kind of cruel of me um <laughs> so that must take its toll on you after a while which is why you obviously have the counseling stuff but um i guess you guys have had um testimonials i'm not gonna use the word stories like oh say. gosh yeah just... we've got loads of testimonials from professionals yeah. um <clears throat> one of which from Dean Harris as well. Bless her. Poor Dean. I'm like, Dean, can you help me out here? Yeah, no, we've done, we've had quite a lot of testimonials um, from parents as well, which is, which is lovely. But I don't live off that. I just live off the fact that we're able to offer that parent that space. Because sometimes they might just need to talk, Alex, and not in a counselling capacity, but they just might want to rant, get off their chest. Um, and we might not hear from them again. And that's fine. We're knocked in service and we never turn anybody away. And we don't. Um, when it comes to comes to new people getting involved, 
Um, uh, is it like a, a steady trickle or do you do something that's um, in the public eye and then it's suddenly boom and you get these like explosive um, uh, referrals coming in or is it just like a steady stream? We have referrals every day from statutory services and also, from, well, and third sector and from parents themselves. Yeah. Um, I mean, one week we had up to 150 contacts, which is a lot. It is a lot, um, an awful lot for somebody to deal with, to be honest with you. But yeah, I mean, we have a steady trickle daily now in all different ways. We can have it through our website. We can have it through Facebook. We can have referrals sent directly to me or to my other, um, Sarah or Hannah. So yeah, um, no, that's good though. I mean, it's like you said, it's sad. But it's I think sad. what you've done is you've you flipped the you flipped the coin on its head, haven't you? You've, you've you the one thing people aren't really talking about is what you guys are dealing with. You know, uh, when you first mentioned to me what Pegs was, I was like, oh my god! Like that's the initial reaction is, why is no one talking about this? You know, and sometimes I think what I was speaking to Dean Harris about you yesterday was that actually it's the simple ideas, the simple ideas that are the hardest things to find. And that's what you've done is you found something that everybody's just overlooked because it is so simple. You know, that's lovely to say. Thank you. But I think we're trained or we're conditioned or society thinks that children have to to behave a certain way and if they're not behaving that certain way there's a reason for it so when we think of a child we automatically think innocent complies small not threatening so when a child doesn't act as the way that society and status quo tells them that they must act then we must be responsible as parents for that and I can categorically tell you that's wrong. I mean, I've got my, my younger brother, when he was, I don't know, 11, 12, he used to lose his mind over the PlayStation, you know, throw things, I go, and, you know, that's not, that's not weak at all. Like, that kind of strength, that mentality could cause damage. I mean, not him, he's, he's, a, he's a puppy, really. But, uh, you know, um, in situations like that, that people just overlook, you know, it's, it's, it is sad. Um, so you've got a lot going on at the moment. Um, yeah. Are you taking some time out for yourself? Are you? Yes, what do you like to do to wind down when you're not thinking about these things? What's What's your your go to to kind of recharge your batteries? Oh, do you know what? I'm such a gardening geek. So really, <laughs> no, I wasn't. I am now. So my little boy, bless him, wanted an allotment. So last year we had to go to all these allotments, have a look around. Happy days. I put it on a list. We had to go on a list, waiting, and a year later we get given, um, not given me the paper, but get an allotment just as lockdown hit oh my god it's been amazing i am now we have made jam we have grown all sorts of things <laughs> love it love it i'm proper gardening geek i haven't got a clue what i'm doing though but nothing's died so i'm like it's a success um so yeah i like i like that but to be honest i'm yeah do you know what my partner i just love spending time with my partner he is my favorite person in the whole wide world mm. no honestly he is and i i love spending time with him and my friends i'm really fortunate alex that I'm in a position that I've got so many amazing people around me um, and they hold me to account. They pull me up. They just tell me what I want to hear. They're genuine friends, if that makes sense. Cause sometimes you can have people that always say, Oh, you're this and that. I don't, I don't. Yeah. But no, I just, I just like, being able to spend time with my children and that's, really. that, that's good i've because... grown up alex that's what it is i've grown <laughs> up well we do that though we find these things that we we never used to enjoy when we we're younger like I, i've been i've been i've had to explain to i'm speaking to a lot of historians at the moment um a lot of well-known historians i haven't got a story to tell you in a second as well um and um i have to explain to them that i, I do like history but when i was younger 
I was a bit of a tearaway. Uh, I, I was a completely different person. So now I'm kind of catching up. I was like, uh, if I took Timmy now and tried to explain to him uh, the history of St. Mary's, he'd probably be like, mm, mm, but, you know, um, and that, that's what life does to you when you get a bit older, I suppose. Well, yeah, yesterday was, was one of the, one of the funniest days. I, I don't know how I, I managed to remain so positive, but I, I met with the, the great and powerful Nigel Baker, one of the most renowned historians um, and archaeologists in, in, in Shrewsbury. We met at the train station because we were going to do an audio tour of the castle on the way up Castle Street uh, to the castle. And we, we started off amazing. As you look up from the train station, you see the castle. He's doing this amazing talk. He did a castle street. We get to the castle, gates locked. And we both uh, completely forgot that the, the one day of the week that the castle was closed was a Thursday. So oh, I felt no. like such an idiot. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so stupid. One of the most renowned stories. <laughs> so I invited him to the studio instead. We did a, a podcast there. That was great. But, yeah, that was, that was my day yesterday. Um, sorry, that was right. very random just to throw that in. Um, no, I like random. Let's random. Go with it. Go with it. <laughs> well, you're on the shoes of biscuit. It couldn't get more random than that. Um, <laughs> no, it's good to adapt, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Um, what are your plans for raising awareness? I mean, I know you've got loads of um, uh, training courses and, and things going right. on, but telling yeah. people about who you are. I mean, I know you've done a lot already. Have you got any plans to expand on that? Um, what have I got coming up? Yes, but um, I don't know what I can tell you and what I can't really. Uh, so we've been in discussion with Safe Lives. I can tell you that much. Safe Lives um, are that charity and they advise the government. And they also created the IDVA role, which is the Independent Domestic Violence Advocate. We're in talks with them at the moment um, to see about how PEGS and them can work on a nationwide project, which will be fantastic, rolled out in every county. So we're looking forward to that. Um, obviously, we've got stuff going on in Wales, which is fantastic too. Um, so, yeah. And then locally, I, yeah, there's bits and pieces, Alex. I don't know if I can say too much there until things are signed off and whatnot. But Panorama are still interested. They've been chasing my bum, Jim Edin. Don't put that bit in. Please edit that bit out. They haven't, <laughs> been, <laughs> they haven't, they haven't been doing my head in. Um, but no, Panorama are really, really keen to work with us um, on a year-long... Um, yeah, so... Wow. Yeah, that'll be really cool. So they're um, they're really interested in what we do and also around child to parent abuse um, and actually the increase. Although I say it's, it's always been there. I think we're just becoming more aware of what's going on. Uh, so yeah, that'll be... That'll be fantastic. Um, be careful with that though, because it could turn out to be like a serious, you know, documentary. But then, then you've got it, me. Is that what you're trying to say? Cheers. And then, and then <laughs> turn into something like The Office. You know, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. You got to be careful. Uh, but no, it's how it sounds. Amazing. That's all right. Oh, that's all right. I've got other pe- team members. I'm being me. Does it? I'll send somebody else out there. Um, <laughs> I'll send Dean Harris. That's what I'll do. I'll be like the high chef of shops chair. She would like to take part. Yeah. As um, Michelle goes into the Shrewsbury Biscuit Studio, uh, they say, <laughs> "Yeah, nice. I mean, there's that. I'm off to Worcester University sometime in September as well, um, which would be great training their staff and autism students. So that is fantastic uh, opportunity for us there as well. So yeah, we're, we're growing. Um, we are getting the awareness out there, but I'm also mindful of actually what our capabilities are um and the last thing i want to do is offer something that we can't deliver you know so yeah we're doing that i mean all our parents um get all our booklets and everything that's all free i'm really not precious over content so i'm quite happy to chat to services too and share what we can to try and upskill them that's really important but yeah we've got our um our training programs are there so that's that's really positive and dates are starting to to come in that we're probably all still going to remain virtual alex because the situation that, that we're in right now absolutely um, 
Although I don't mind going to like, I don't know, the Isle of Man or Ireland to train. <laughs> right, a bit of holiday. Um, go to Canada. There you go. <laughs> I don't know. What's the borders like there? Are they going to send us home and then quarantine me for two weeks? <laughs> Maybe. Oh, well, yeah. you know, sat on the sofa watching Emmerdale. I don't know. Um. <laughs> but yeah, no, so we, we, are, we are raising awareness and having those discussions. Oh my gosh, I tell you, I am meeting on Tuesday. I've got a meeting with um, Nicole Jacobs. And Nicole Jacobs is the first domestic abuse commissioner. Wow. I know. So she's really interested in who we are and what we're doing. So I'm hoping she'll be able to to support us. I'm sure she will. She's very um, open and supporting all um, victims of domestic abuse. And I know domestic abuse, when I talk about it, a lot of our families and parents will, will struggle with that. But it does come under domestic abuse. Yeah. Um, I'm respectful of their views and their wishes, and I think that's okay. And if someone tells me that like, I don't want using that word, then we don't, um, because it's important that we listen to that person and I would rather use the language they're happy and comfortable with Alex and offer them support than them not get the support because I can't be bothered to watch my language so you know yeah. we're quite we're quite open to that yes yeah, so we've got lots going on um, I would like to I know we talked about it last time and you said you didn't know what you'd be able to offer to the show but I would like to invite you on on what's the difference for you so because I feel like I would, yes, I would like to have this conversation between me and you as as, as British mm-hmm. people and my American counterparts because, like, I would love to know what they would think about what you're doing because that's interesting because we do support parents from America. Yeah, well, America is a completely different universe. It really is. Like, that's the whole point of that yeah. show is that there are, there is so much that we do completely different to to the way they do things over there. And when you think of domestic abuse, I mean, you you talk about some of the southern uh, states. You know, where domestic abuse, it, it, it's kind of that is normalized in some a lot of circumstances. You know, it's, if it's a, a guy's wife, he can do what he wants. It's a, his wife, and that's that's terrible. Oh, I would love to just and have that. Still the, happens in this country. I'm just going to point that out. Yeah, yeah I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I think that is. But like okay. they, they have, they may have a different approach or a different feel to it. So we'll, 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 I'd love to do that. We'll, yeah, we'll, no, I'm up for that. I'm up for chatting. What I can do, if you want a little bit of exclusive, I can give you some statistics from one of our surveys. Do you want to hear what's going yes, on? Yes, please. Chris? That was a bad time to take a swig of my coffee. <laughs> no, that's all right. We've um, we put a survey. I won't give you all of them. And this still this is still out, so it will change. Um, interestingly, so the, the parents that we're supporting that have completed the survey, it's about half and half to whether somebody's a single parent. So quite often, um, it's assumed that the person, the the parent, is being having these behaviours from their child because they're a single parent. Well, actually, that's not what we're seeing. Okay. So if I was to say to you, Alex, what age range do you think these children are primarily? What age range would you give me? I'd say between 13 and 16. Okay. What if I told you that our statistics show that age ranges primarily are between 6 and 12? They wow. are the highest age range that is display in these abusive behaviours towards parents. That's, un- that's unbelievable. Timmy's five. Yeah. That's a year away. I couldn't imagine him. Being abusive at six, that's crazy. That's what it, was heartbreaking it may, as well. It is heartbreaking. And quite often it's assumed that um, the young person displaying the behaviours, they may be displaying those behaviours because they learnt behaviours because perhaps mm-hmm. the parents have been in a domestically abusive relationship. 74% of our families have not been in a domestically abusive relationship and the child has not witnessed domestic abuse within the home. That's 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 an unbelievable statistic. Yeah, <laughs> spit it out, Alex. That is because. But also, it is. It is because it's we a mystery. Where does that assume... come from? Yeah. Well, and also, do you know what's really sad? Eighty-eight percent of parents thought about calling the police that changed their minds, but they needed them. 
that I mean that I can kind of understand in in some regards. Being educated, like you know, an, an eight year old kicking off, what would you call the police? And I guess, yeah. But for, but don't forget for that young person or that parent to feel they needed to call the police, the incident must be severe. It's not just the case they haven't gone to bed on time, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But also, this is affecting people's work. You know, for nearly 40% have had to have reduced hours because of what's going on at home. Yeah. And over 20, well, 22% have had to leave employment. Direct um, influence because, on the red line, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, it is, it is, it's there. We, yeah. we might not see it. What would you, what would you say um, right now if, uh, I don't know, say Timmy right now, he's not going to because he's a, he's a darling blessing, but just flip the coffee table, started ranting and raving right now. And you, immediately you panic. You don't know what to do. you right. Because you're thinking this kid's young. I can't call the police. That's ridiculous. What would you, what would you say to your, the initial reaction to be? So safety is always first. So we always yeah. make sure that you and the other the people in the home, including the young person displaying that behavior as safe as possible. Okay. Remove yourself from the situation. If it means that the young person isn't going to cause injury or harm to themselves as well. So make sure that, that you're out of the room, including any pets. Cause we're working with quite a lot of families at the moment that their pets being harmed um which is incredibly heartbreaking and sad look at um responding to that behavior when things are calm rather mm-hmm. than when you're heightened yeah try and make sure that you remain as calm as possible because if you can imagine if you're heightened and your child's heightened you're at loggerheads no one's listening okay so mm-hmm. it is it's really difficult to do i'm not undermining and then when things are calm maybe see if you can find if something triggered for that young person mm-hmm. and then talk through it with them maybe there is no blanket ban I can't, a blanket approach i can't say to you do this do that to the other yeah, yeah, of course, it goes yeah. on to the individual person safety is always paramount so we always work with families and say let's look at a safety plan for you quite often these families have a safety plan but it's in their head and they don't realize it's a safety plan so we look let's let's unpick this for you so let's look at how to remain safe what do you do if an incident occurs so some families, they try to remove themselves from the, from the room, but the young person or child will follow them, throwing things at them or, or continuing their language and their behaviour. So that then, obviously, it's okay, where can you go? Well, I can go to the bathroom, for example, it's got a lock on the door, but then the parent's like, but well, I'm locking myself in. We understand that. We know this. But safety again, always look at safety. Is it safe for you to leave the house? Not for long periods of time, but perhaps actually putting yourself in the public area community because mm-hmm. sometimes what we're finding with um parents are saying that they go into the front garden or somewhere like that because they don't want their neighbors to think that it's them that's attacking their child yeah yeah, yeah. and I, I, I bet a lot of kids are self-aware as well they know yeah they are they, 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 and this is another thing so quite often professionals will go well the only problem's at home the problem must be with mum or dad right they go with that but no one explores it further. No one yeah. explores it because we then ask, okay, so are they like this with anybody else? No. So, so they only behave this way to you. Yeah. What does that tell you? What does that tell you, Alex, about that young person that only behave in that way to somebody? Well, I think they can get away with it. They're, 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 you know, that, that, that parent is the weak link. Or perhaps they've got incredible control. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. We're not saying that no behaviour doesn't have a doesn't have a reason. We're not. We're not. Um, yeah, th- there might not be an under reason 
underlying reason or they could have additional need we're not saying that but the behavior is still abusive and it needs to be addressed so if a young person is only displaying those behaviors towards mum or dad so quite often school comes up and school will say oh they're not like this in school yeah but like I, I, I saw this really stupid meme uh, on facebook a while ago and it said um <clears throat> if your if your child is a b-word at home but is a darling at other people's houses at school that means your 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 kid is great because it knows the child knows to behave out um, in society and i'm like well no that's wrong because it just teaches them that they can get away with it at home like you know and also quite often how many of us have heard the whole opposite oh, safe space they feel comfortable and safe to do that to you yeah, that yeah. doesn't make it okay that does no, not make no. that behavior okay so if you're telling me if an adult was displaying those behaviors to their partner for example would anyone be saying up oh, as a safe space yeah. you, you can put up with the punch in the mouth you can put up with a b and c you can put up with being intimidated being woken at night with a knife to your throat and this is happening this is happening to families that we're working with it's a really really severe cases they're still not open to statutory services because they don't meet criteria well, that, we need to change that. Well, you need to change that, and you are. Oh, no, I'm one person. Job. I can't change it. It's not about no. me at all, by any means. It's, you guys, it's not, it's you guys are pegs. The whole team and the new people coming in. Uh, when you grow, uh, what you guys stand for and what you do is fantastic. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to have to cut this interview short because all I need right. to. I need to go into town. Uh, that, and I need to go finish this thing at the castle that I, I blundered yesterday. Um, oh, <laughs> no, it's been fab as always, Alex. But no, drop back in with us. We'll always, we'll always chat. Yeah, I um, would love to. I would love to because the reason why I like getting you on is just to keep reminding people that you guys exist because you're doing great work. Uh, not to you know burden you with more work, but like just to just to let people know that it's available if you need it. You should come in on our Wednesday morning if you're about Wednesday mornings, or you work nights, mind elsewhere. I, Wednesday I've mornings been... at ten, we have a virtual drop-in that's free to anybody: professional, parent, carer, someone that wants to be nosy, someone that's a look hmm. to see who we are. I can do that. Anyone's welcome, um, but you're more than welcome to pop along to that. I can do that absolutely. I, I on the Wednesday is the end of my week, and I don't go to bed till twelve or something. So. You're more than welcome. It might link. be me, it might not be. But yeah, no, we'll send you a link. Fab. Brilliant. Well, Cheers. Michelle, you have been amazing. I always love talking to you. Oh, um, bless you. And uh, we'll help you in any way we can. Um, and you know what? Um, do you want to give people uh, your website um, or a way of contacting you guys? Yeah, so you can contact us at www.pegsupport. Oh, Alex, I've got to start again, mate. Mm-hmm. www.pegsupport pegsupport.com or you can email me at hello at pegsupport.com as well we're on facebook you can find us at pegs child to parent abuse support um we're probably on the twitter thing as well and everything else but i'm old so i've got a clue what that is we're <laughs> on there somewhere um that's why i've admin yeah no alex can we just thank you very much for all your support there because you're obviously working with us very closely on another another um project yes. Yes. that is secret at the minute but yeah so we, we do value all of all of your support and help and everything it's been fantastic always so thank happy you for inviting help. me always happy to help always Brilliant. um guys uh i think you'll uh, agree that this is a it's an important podcast to listen to this and the first one um because it does raise awareness for something like i said it's overlooked by many people so i hope you've taken something from this podcast and if you do want to uh throw us um some comments uh, and suggestions um if you've enjoyed this episode uh you can go to our website which is www.theshrewsburybiscuitpodcast.co.uk you can contact us through that website and you can listen to our audio as well if you're not into spotify or podbean or itunes or wherever else you can get our podcast uh you can listen to it from the, the website there uh again thank you michelle always a pleasure talking to you 
No, cheers, Alex. Thank you. Have Thank a nice you guys. day. And peace out. Take it easy. Take care.